Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Once again, I am Bradley and I'm joined by Stu. The world's crap. We just hope to bring you a bit of joy. Just a little bit of light. Um, and we do that by talking about video games and stuff. Nothing else has been happening in the world. The, the country's not falling apart or anything. Let's get this out of the way, Stu. The country's not falling apart, is it? It's all fine. No, I've been reassured by the Tories that everything is absolutely fine. It seems to be all in hand, yeah. It's a... Um, it's like that scene from Community, uh, where I uh, see uh, where Troy goes out to grab the pizza and comes back and everything's on fire. That's you know I had a nice weekend, well a nice day away at the weekend. I checked everything on Monday and yeah, the, the whole country's on fire. Yeah, it does bring me bring to mind for me, kind of like when you you think back to like World War Two or whatever, and people. I could we was all there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they're like thinking, you know, well, how did people you know, survive? You know, what, what what did they do? Like, how come they weren't in terrible stress all the time? It's like, well, yeah, they were. <laughs> they were they, all they did was just kind of do what they could and, and had fun where they could to try and get past the horrible situation. And I think, you know, it's starting to feel like that for me. <laughs> you know, I feel beleaguered when yeah, I can I can do things like you said, have your day away, or like when I went on a holiday for a few days. And they're increasingly starting to feel like small breaks away from the horror of reality, as opposed to, oh, life is generally good and there are all also nasty things going on in the background. It, the, the table seems to have turned now when it feels like anything that you do that's good uh, is just a, a minor break in the horror. And that could be depression talking. You know, I don't, I'm not, I don't tend towards depression, but there's so many nasty things going on at the moment. It's hard to differentiate between just being down because you have a, you know lots of stressors going on in your life and being depressed so yeah it's not great i know that's not a very like light-hearted way to bring in the conversation this week but you know that's where we are i can still segue that do it because reality yeah it's dreadful at the moment but we've always got virtual reality and do you know what has virtual reality Stu? what's that Video games. So what yes. have you been playing? Well, first off, I'll talk about one that is entirely on this topic. Now, I've... I've what, the destruction of the country or VR? Kind of both. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I've been playing uh, Cyberpunk 2077 on the Steam Deck. Ooh. And, you know, it's it's a really good game. We talked about it at the time when it came out. And it's got, you know, there's, there's some horrible stuff about, uh, you know, CD Projekt Red. And there's problems with the game itself. And there's issues with the, the whole community around it and you know there's all sorts of conversation points about this game it's been a cultural minefield but it remains a good game and because it's cyberpunk it kind of brings you into that whole world of corporations run the world people escape via you know drugs and via technology and the world's gone to pot and all of this stuff and it's yeah, it's it's actually very, very close to reality. And I always get surprised when people say, oh, we're creeping towards this dystopian society. It's like, well, no, we actually live in a dystopian society at the moment. And it's really funny to see all the things reflected in cyberpunk that are in the world at the moment, you know? And it's kind of like, you know, you kind of, if you want to really survive, you have to look towards the not non-standard non-rat racy kind of stuff and that's either treading the 
the line, you know, it's often being illegal, doing illegal things or living in an illegal way. All of the infrastructure and all the politicians are corrupt and everything is based on money and there's no meritocracy and, you know, it's all of this stuff and it's just like, well, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're living now. But yeah. the thing is, it's still an escape because what they've got that we haven't got is they've got all these excellent cyber implants that mean your physical life is better so we've got, got all the Keanu Reeves with a metal arm exactly so they've got all of that like we got all the crap that we've got yeah. with the you know climate collapsing and yeah. you know Keanu Reeves has got flesh and blood you know yeah. it's, ugh, ugh, ugh. where's right. the metal weird <laughs> that's right it's wrong but yeah and they've got all that uh but we've got the same but we haven't got the uh implants so yeah it's still an escape playing that game yeah i i rather be living in that cyberpunk world than our world at times. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've got cooler cars. Dystopia. Yeah, they've got cooler cars. They've got neon signs everywhere. Wouldn't it be good for me? But, you know, still, it, they look cool. Yeah, well, you'd uh, have cyberpunk eyes, you know. You'd have I would. brand new eyes. See, I'm the one person who probably... Uh, one of the Black Mirror episodes where um, they get the eye implants that can be called everything you see. Yeah. Um I'd take that right now. If someone wanted to put an eyeball in me, but the caveat was it recorded absolutely everything and essentially turned me into a security camera. About now, I'd take that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even go, yeah, you can look at all the porn and masturbation that I do. It's fine. Just give me the eyes. Yeah. Well, that's it. You get to a point when it's like, oh, none, none of the caveats matter. I don't care. Just no. just take it. Take away this stop, problem stop for the bleeding. me. Yeah, nice. stop the bleeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Cyberpunk, I, um, I've played some of it. I've, I've not played much. Um, I've got it really, really cheap, and it's the uh, good, good old games version. Um, yeah. I think I got it for like a fiver somewhere. I don't, you know, it was from a, a grey market uh, selling site. It's CD See? Project Red. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, See, this they, is just what I was talking about. You can, yeah. only, you can now only have fun by being slightly outside the law anyway. Yeah, I don't, didn't want to give CD Projekt Red full money for a game that's questionable anyway, but I was intrigued by it. Uh, now, I went into that with such low expectations. I expected it to be really buggy, etc., 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 as probably many people did, or many people found out, shall I say. And do you know what? It's enjoyable. It's not too bad, you know? Exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a really good game. Uh, Loads of people, as you, a lot of the audience probably know, there's the, it was in the news because since the 1.6 patch, which is basically the, it's now at a stage it should have been when it was released patch, uh, it's become the it, the highest played game concurrently on Steam, which is... I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was, two, what was it, 200,000 concurrent users per day? after the patch and it was increasing which is an insane amount especially for a single player game so you know that that's kind of that's kind of bananas and you know they've had like 20 million plus sales of the game and stuff um so it's absolutely gigantic and it's at the state now the game itself where it's kind of worthy of what it should have been it's still got bugs you know it's still imperfect but mm -hmm. it's it's definitely a very playable state and the one thing that for me it does that nothing else has done is that it creates a world that I've never seen before and having played games for 40 years that is still really impressive and yeah. there aren't very many that 
can ca- take a genre and it's it's not doing something particularly uh, new or transgressive or giving you entirely new things to do. So it's not like a v- the first VR game, for example, you know, but it's taking what's already there and it's a point of refinement that you don't want to go back from. So it's kind of like, yeah, like Super Mario 64. Even if that's not your favourite game, it's one of those milestones that, you know, once you've breached that point, you know, that's the new benchmark. And the, I feel the way it does it is by having uh, a, a very handmade city. So it doesn't feel like a GTA style environment um which is there's a lot of copy paste and of course you know you're talking now like a 10 year old game or more but um it's very hand it feels very handcrafted the areas feel very distinct you can navigate by sight there's lots of different styles in in there so there are you know there's terrazas there's nightclubs but there's also industrial areas and they don't just feel like they've been created in a sim city style tool and then dropped in as a th- into the first person perspective yeah um so i think that handcrafting is great and then the other thing they've done to flesh it out is bring in all the character classes and character types from the 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 tabletop role playing game so that the interactions you have in those different areas are very very variable so it's not like a a fantasy game like skyrim where it's a variation on you know a merchant or uh, a a lord that you're speaking to it's lots of different people in lots of different social classes and what the outcomes they want from that your interaction with them is very very different so yeah whereas like with, with fallout it feels like it could have been a mod of the elder scrolls yeah, to a degree. Whereas this, yeah, yeah it, it feels. It, whereas my thing was, oh, it's going to be The Witcher in a cyberpunk world. It's not that at all. No, no, it's not at all. No, it's completely, completely different. And The Witcher did loads of things that moved moved the genre forward as well. Mm. But I feel this does even more. And this isn't just writing a blank check for CD Projekt Red and saying everything they've done is amazing because it's not. But yeah, when there are games, there's a lot. There's lots of stuff in the gameplay that's lacking, but simply for that realistic style of futuristic world alone it, it deserves a lot of applaudits it's getting it does uh, you know a couple of points on that is there's one i'll come to in a minute because I, I, i'm still not sure how i feel about it and what direction it's guided i'm not clever enough uh, but um one thing when a company especially a big company does something right like cd project red have done with keeping up trying to fix cyberpunk they need to be praised for that because they need to realize if you do this you are going to get the support now that is not to then sweep under the carpet all the rubbish that has come before that the crunch the abusive practices etc etc that cannot be ignored and that does need talking about it's the same way like if ubisoft done something really good in terms of like for accessibility that needs praising not you know you don't ignore they go oh we forget all the abuse but you can't you can't say the good things don't matter because of the bad things so you've got to get that balance right and obviously call them out on their bullshit where possible Uh, and i think cd project red much like hello games did with no man's sky the fact is they've they've worked through that that initial reaction of you lied to us this game isn't what it should be and they could quite easily have 
just, you know, gone, all right, we'll leave it. We're just going to go back to The Witcher. And everyone probably would have been okay with that. And gone, ah, they failed with that. Back to The Witcher is their bread and butter. But they haven't. And that has to be respected from them. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah. And the other thing, I, I'm still not sure what I think about this. The character creator in Cyberpunk. I don't know what I think about it uh, because it's the first time where it's really weird because you can choose your genitals and, and like your gender and everything you can inter intermix them, your voices, the lot. Uh, and you could become completely non-binary or trans or whatever you want in that game. And from what I've told, it doesn't, oh, I can tell, it doesn't affect the story. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking at it going, that's really good because I could create myself, you could create yourself, um, someone else could create themselves, you know, etc., etc. and it doesn't matter what genitals you've got. Um, but they're also finding weird that why have they got a genital selector in there? That's just really weird. I've not come across any point where that should matter. But I get it being in there. Um, you can have, you know, you can have what genitals, you can have breast and genitals, you know, sort of male genitals, sorry. Um, you, you can have that if you want. You can really, really mix it up. And that's really brilliant. Yet I know there's some transphobic content in there as well at some point. And it's just kind of like, I still don't quite get how they could get something like that, which appears to be so inclusive and so right, but then have poorly thought out transphobic content in there now it's not made story wise but it's like to do with posters or advertising within the game i just like how can you get something that could that could have blown everything open that could have changed representation in video games but then everyone really just only concentrated on the transphobic content because that that was a point of contention it's like surely you've got people there who can think and just go do we need this? What what reason is there for, for this? And they just go, do you know what? Let's take it out or replace it with something or make it affirming. If they could have made those posters affirming, that would have been brilliant, but it wasn't. And it's just kind of, yeah, I don't I don't know what the thought process was there. And I said, I'm not clever enough to, to know why it's done like that and why why they, they had that in there and what effect it has. It's just it's just one of those things. I took it and just went, I was not expecting that character creator to be so in-depth and inclusive. Yeah. I, I think yeah, that's it's 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 a paradox like you say, because you can you can do that. Unfortunately if you if you decide to pick um you can't pick a a traditionally female form with a masculine voice because it, it it's saying that only men have masculine voices and only mm. women have fe feminine voices, which is unfortunate. And especially is because, like, in your interactions in the game, just like in real life, some people think you're attractive, the vast proportion of people don't. Um, and whether that's a the person of the same gender to you or a different gender doesn't matter. And, of course, I'm using gender in the, you know, in the specific term rather than the, you know, the, the more in depth that I would like to talk about just yes. talking about it in, in terms of yeah speed um, so yeah that's a bit you know it's good but it's a bit funky but like you say the, the thing is that the world itself the way that it presents sex and sexuality is not great because for me what I think that, what it might be and I can't say this is definitely it is that everything feels like it's done from the male gaze so 
when there's kind of there's some like subdom advertising that feels very male gazy still because it's got like the woman in power but she's still dressed very provocatively to the way that a man would want to see, a hetero cisgendered man would want to see it um same with any representations of traditionally you know traditional views of women mm. etc and it, it just feels as though where they went wrong was not having queer people talk talk them through it bring them in um that a a, a queer person hasn't had any hand in this and b they haven't brought anyone in from the outside and a, a quick cultural touch point um on what does it really well and you can sort of feel the the realism and the veracity of it straight away is um dharma which ha- one of the creators is gay uh the new netflix uh drama about jeffrey dharma yes. the serial killer yeah and dharma in the f- program's interactions with gay men are very you know i could not write I can write them anyway because I'm a crap writer but <laughs> I I wouldn't write them like that because I've I'm not I'm not a gay man I'm not a queer person but it's obviously been ri- written by a queer person and it feels real you know it feels like a proper interaction between human beings um and I feel that's what cyberpunk on that thing lacks definitely Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, and it's 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 really weird because like just as a quick aside, we've gone on way too much about cyberpunk, uh, <laughs> which is which is really weird for a game that's old, but you know, yeah, is it old? Yeah. Two years now. Two years now. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Uh, but uh, as a quick aside, talking about like sort of like social gender conform- uh, uh, conformity and stuff like that, and we met a friend in town um, for a coffee in the middle of the week. And we was chatting, and um, we like I haven't seen each other for a while. We was talking; it got on to sort of like social constructs and everything, and talking about sort of like how people present. And we got talking about sort of like trans people. And my friend has a friend who is also trans. Um, yeah, and I was saying sort of like like it's something I've have like had an internal battle. But I spoke about it on here before, but never felt I was that way inclined, and I'm not brave enough to do it as well. So I said because the initial transition. I feel people would judge me too much and I can't handle that. So your friend is so, so brave. But we was having this whole chat about transgender, um, different genders, etc., etc. And a guy must have been in about his 60s, I think he was, just sat down with his coffee um, as we started talking about it. Now, as you may well know, Stu, I'm not the quietest talker, <laughs> just to point that out, with the ADHD and everything. Um, well, I've never yeah. seen anyone... Um, down their coffee and leave as quick as this guy did. <laughs> Excellent. Like, yeah, it's brilliant. I, I, I don't know if he was just like, oh my God, oh, what are they talking about? Or whether he really wanted to say something to have a go at me or, or anything like that. But he was just like, he sat down, must have downed this coffee and just went. <laughs> Maybe he'd gone off to reconsider his life and, and yeah. Damn it, Barbara, I'm getting the surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be superb. <laughs> it would. It would. Um, yeah, I was sat there. This guy, this, he would have said guy because I how I present. But um, yeah, that guy over there with the beard and everything said he said he's not a male. I don't know how it works, but you know what? I think I agree now. Come on, Barbara. <laughs> I'm going to uh, be trans. Absolutely, I like that's that. That's what we want. That's, that's the secret plan for anyone who's non-conforming. We want everyone to change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the opposite of what you feel you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, as I've said many, many times before, 
the, the more that you find out about things, you know, because obviously I was like really ignorant about it all until yeah. my my friend who's a trans man came came out to me and my wife like so quite a few years ago now. I think it's about eight years. Um, and then I started the long process of trying to be, be trying to learn and be better um, to help, you know, however I could and be a good ally. And I, it's it's a daily thing. You you have to do it on the daily because you were taught from a tiny child that things were one way, and now you have to reteach yourself that they're another, the correct way. I will add. Um, I've made racist jokes, transphobic jokes, gay jokes. I've had the wrong opinion of like different races of um, of like homosexuality and sort of like transgenderism. I've had all the wrong opinions and stuff like that. You know, I I very much when I was younger because I was taught that oh you know crime happens to black people all the time. There's got to be a reason for it. I was like, well, yeah, maybe there is. I never get stopped and I don't do anything wrong. So it's black people doing. I didn't understand the culture and I made those incorrect assumptions when I was younger, a younger teen. But I learned. I just went, oh Jesus Christ, no, that's not right we're always learning and that, that that it's okay to be wrong that's what people don't seem to get um and i will use this i hate using the word both sides but on both sides of the divide everyone's got to realize it's okay to be wrong it's your reaction to being wrong that matters yeah that definitely uh, yeah that's the problem but anyway anyway so anyway that's two 20 minutes on a two-year-old game so, which uh, maybe five minutes on the game itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll clean up from that. Uh, do you feel a segue coming, Joe? I do. I can sense it in my water. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. When Brad says a particular sentence in a certain way, you know a segue's coming. Totally. So we're going to clean up from the cyberpunk stuff. And I've been playing a game on the Steam Deck called Serial Cleaners. Uh, not Serial Cleaner, which has been around for a good while. Serial Cleaners where it's a top-down tactical stealth game where basically you need to go through and clean up murder crime scenes, essentially, for the mob. Um, uh, first one was okay. I, 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 it was kind of all right. Um, I wasn't very good at it, uh, but it was fine. Um, and this new one's kind of taken everything that was good about the original stealth cleaner. Stealth cleaner? Serial cleaner, rather. Um, and improved on it. So what you've got here is um, a top-down style um, isometric uh, action stealth game whereby, let's say, you've got to go and inspect and clean up murder scenes for the mob. It's set in 1990s New York. Um, and basically, you go through, you have to do all the things in different buildings and get out without being seen. So the police might be around and you've got to try and avoid the police, other mobsters, etc., etc., etc. You've got four characters to choose from and they've got their own style. So one is definitely more stealthy, one's like a, like, a, a, like a computer hacker, but they've really lent into the 90s computer hacking, which is really good. Uh, so it, it, it works. Like They're talking sort of like a lot of 90s computer talk that... Um, people just don't get. Um, and I think, yeah. like, what the hell are you talking about, you crazy person? These young people are just weird. Um, yeah. And stuff like that. And it's just, it's an interesting game. It's not perfect. Um, you know, it's got some dodgy AI at times, but, you know, it, it's fine. Um, but you do things like if you, like, find a body, you have to, like, drag a body to somewhere, but it leaves blood trails. You then have to go back and clean the blood trails. 
Um, and it literally does it on the nose sometimes. So, like, to clean up the blood, you will use a vacuum cleaner, which I find really cool. Nice. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, you could... I, I've played it in a few different ways. You could, like, really be a ghost in it if you want. Or you could just go, screw it, action game all the way. Uh, which, like, kill everything in sight and clean up after yourself. So there's, there's all those. And the characters all feel really unique and everything like that. And... It definitely reminded me of the 90s in its tone and everything. And I just, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. It's not perfect. Honestly, I'm not going to go to, oh, everyone's going to love this game. Um, it's quite gory in places as well. It's over the top in places. And then it's kind of subtle in other places. It's kind of not quite sure what it wants to be in terms of tone, but it works at the same time. And honestly, yeah, it's a interesting game that I'm enjoying. Not brilliant. In terms of like, oh, he's just like, oh my god, this is going to live with me. I'm just enjoying it, which is good. Cool, yeah, no, it uh, it certainly looks like something that I'd be quite interested in. Um, mm. It's it's a good idea. So, how much more does it bring to the table than the original? Because this is a direct sequel to the first one, yeah. It. Do you know what? I can't remember because I can't remember. I didn't play enough of the first one to get through the, to the end. Yeah. So I enough. couldn't tell you, but I'll say. Maybe. I yeah. mean, in terms of what the main game style is, yes. Aesthetically, it's very different as well. Um, like, the the first one is like almost like like papercrafty in terms of its visuals, yeah. whereas this is more realistic in terms of its visuals, but still stylized. Um, so I don't think it does follow on. I don't think there's any story follow on or anything. Um, yeah. And I will admit, the story in both are a bit... Yeah, just it's a means to an end. Um, yeah, and uh, just looking now, the first one was set in the seventies America. This one's like nineties, so definitely not a straight follow on. Might be some Easter eggs. I don't know, but to gameplay wise, it's very similar. But it opens up more. It's a lot more fun. The first uh, serial cleaner was very much this is how you play it, um, and it got frustrated at points. Whereas this is a lot more. This is the ideal way of playing it, but you go be you. Yeah, yeah. No, it looks really good. I've put it on the wish list. So, yeah, no, it's definitely one I want to I want to check out. So, is it run well on the deck? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I forgot I was playing it on Steam Deck. Um, I nice. don't know if it's verified or anything like that, but I could. You know, do you know sometimes you play a game on the Steam Deck? You go right. I know this is a slightly butchered experience. Yeah. This no, not at all. Uh, I don't think it's verified, but it plays absolutely brilliantly. From start to well, start to nearly finish where I am. I'm a good couple, a few hours in, but I'm not quite finished yet. Yeah, um, but yeah, it runs really well and fun, fun enough experience. Twenty quid fun? I don't know. Um, I obviously got a code for it, uh, but maybe sell fun for many. I reckon. Cool. Yeah, it it, it does look. Uh, it looks like one that I definitely want to be picking up later on. Um, but yeah, no. In a humble bundle sale at some point, in all <laughs> fairness. Yeah, um, yeah, precisely. It's you know, if you are after stealth actiony type stuff, then yeah, go for it. But it's definitely not one what I'd go. Ah, oh, give it a go, you know, because at the moment twenty quid is is a lot of money. That's a day's worth of electricity these days. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, before we get down that road again, come on, Stu, give me something else. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, moving on nicely into the Steam Deck discussion, I've been playing Immortality, uh, and the reason I've picked it up, because I played it 
at the same time as you, but not enough to like talk you know, properly with you about it when we discussed it about a month ago. Um, but I found out that, and as you probably have, they've improved the Game Pass streaming through Edge Browser on the deck. Like yeah. loads and loads and loads. I, I heard this, so I, I, I tweaked myself and I stuck on um, Guardians of the Galaxy as a test, and it looks so much better. The resp- it's much more responsive. You know, it looks better. The streaming is better. Yeah, it just works so much better. I mean, it's not well, it's not quite there as as with the dedicated app, but it's it's pretty close to be honest. Um, yeah, which is really impressive. So. After that test, I went, right, okay, well, I'll pick up on it, Immortality again. And, yeah, Immortality is a strange one. It's 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 not... Even the people who like it, like, that kind of thing, like yourself, I'm sure even you were a little bit kind of, like, divided in <laughs> what it does for you. Because there are times, like, whole chunks of time where it's really fascinating and you're leaping from plot point to plot point or... Mm-hmm pointing this person's life to the next and it's really fascinating because it's like peering behind the curtain into somebody's world and then there are times where none of it links in any useful or meaningful way and it's just clips of films mm-hmm. of, of a film that you haven't seen and don't know the don't know the uh, you know the plot to and trying to get back onto the critical path and move the move the events forward so it's a game can take a long time and those times can be quite challenging to enjoy mm-hmm. um, and I think the only decision people have to make is whether to them it's worth the time that it takes to find that critical path again some people will be completely repulsed by it and some will be fascinated by it um, I'm kind of some I'm ambivalent I keep going back and forth on it I do think the overall thing of what it does is so clever and the potential to be so interesting and, and fascinating. I think it only hits those beats 60% of the time, maybe. But when it does, it's it does something completely new. So yeah, it, it's it's one I'm really glad that I've been dipping in and out of. Yeah, so I, I was actually doing a little bit of reading on this, um, on other people's thoughts on immortality. And what I found really interesting excuse me because of these segmented sections i i found that there seems to be a reaction for people who are outwardly neurodivergent who really get this game and really enjoy it even the parts you suggested are a bit almost downtime-ish or sort of like oh you've got to endure it neurodivergent people seem to really even enjoy that side of it whereas more neurotypical people or more towards neurotypical um seem to struggle with that which i found really weird because usually you'd assume someone with adhd they'd be the ones who get bored of it but i think it's almost a tiktok uh kind of thing where everything's short enough and gets you to the next thing quite quickly. Because even if you're watching a clip, if you're like, ah, this is nothing and I'm bored, you can just click on something and move on and then go back to it and stuff like that. So you can kind of aimlessly go through it if you want to. Um, So I I think it scratches a certain itch for a certain type of person. And obviously I'm one of those people. 
Um, but I, 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 go, I think I found people who were like, especially people like I need my traditional game play. You know, I need a start and an end with a with a middle that paces like this. Are just really not understanding it, not getting it. And there's other people like yourself who are going, I get it. I really do get it. It's not quite for me in all the places. Yes, and it, it, it's going to affect loads of di- loads of people in that in those different ways. And I think some of it will be a lot of it will be like what you said. You know that different personality types and stuff is is going to approach it in a different way. But also on a much more kind of spin of the dice way, there'll be some people who just when they start it don't happen upon any um, like pattern or path. Mm. Uh, soon enough to register to, and gain their interest, and that will um, that will put them off. And I'm not sure if there's a way to do it without like stepping on people's individuality and, and way that they can approach the game. Um, I, I think the intro with the the interviews are really good because they're kind of they set a sort of tone without going. This is going to be the tone for the entire game, and they're a good walking to the mystery um but uh yeah i don't know maybe even maybe a guided mode might be useful for people or something or i don't know but so what what sad bar those other games had that this doesn't they were still sort of like look i'm just gonna throw you into into this experience and you've got to work it out uh both telling lies and her story done that but they had actual systems in place so like telling lies you was doing via a computer screen and you kind of um her story you was almost using like a police bit of software to put together interviews and stuff like that and sort of scrub through different interview tapes Uh, but they had an interface there whereas this doesn't really at the start have an interface for you um you know you get told what the buttons are the controls um briefly enough but it doesn't go these are why you use these and sam barlow doesn't give you any direction that's not something he does in his games and i know that and i was expecting no direction and just like right i'll just go through until i find a point where i'm happy enough that right this is where i think this game is going but i think a lot of people who have never played sam barlow game now you was probably a little bit aware of what to expect having played her story before yeah um but others who go into it from sort of like, especially with it being on Game Pass, from traditional games, you know, if they've come to it from, I don't know, Metal Gear Solid or Elden Ring or something, they, they're just going to be like, what the is this? And I saw that reaction. People going, how on earth is this a 10 out of 10? Well, no, for people who like San Barlow games, it's a 10 out of 10, trust me. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I get the criticisms. I really, really do. Um, and I'm not going to tell anyone what their opinion of it should be. Um, I mean, it should be that it's the best game of the year by quite some distance. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, even you, Stu. Okay. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> but what I want to ask you, right? You've played her story. And you, you, you've taken the brave decision to admit to me you didn't really care for it. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I still hold it against you. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, you do. Did you prefer this to her story? Uh, it's a funny one to say. I think probably yes, because as I say, I, I I twigged to what was going on in her story really, really soon, yeah. and there then it was like okay, so I'm kind of working backwards from that point to to just make it complete as a game. Which, you know, as I've said before, I'm not very clever with these things. The fact that I twigged to it 
is just really uncommon for me. <laughs> so that's really unfortunate. Um, but I think it is a good, a good, solid game. So like being completely objective or as objective as I possibly can be, I'd be like, not for me, but it's a good game. Yeah. I think with Immortality, um, I would probably at this point, and I've not got, I've only played a couple of hours. Although that, yeah, that probably means I'm quite close to the end. <laughs> if there is an end, do you know what I mean? Um, but even at this point, I'm I would say, silent. sorry, I've stayed silent. <laughs> Fair enough. I would say it's probably going to end up not being for me. But I think it's a it's a really fantastic game, a really fantastic game, and it'd be like I'm not going to direct myself towards it. If I stepped outside of my body, <laughs> and you know, I would not say to myself, "You go and play it." But I would say to lots of people, "You must go and play this." And they go, "Oh, why is it brilliant?" I'd be like, "No, <laughs> not for me, <laughs> but for you." So you know, I, I can be really objective with that. I think it's probably the best thing he's done. I've not played. Uh, Telling lies, not telling stories, telling lies, isn't it? Um, yes. I've not played that game. I have played her story all the way through. I've played this one probably most of the way through. I think I can speak fairly authoritatively on it that even though they're not really the games for me, they are excellent games. Yeah, telling, telling lies is the worst of the trilogy so far. Um, I hope he does more stuff that it's not just a trilogy. But for me, that's it's, it's not a it's still a great game. I really like the mechanics behind it. The fact it had known actors in it is what kind of hurt it for me. Yeah. Whilst I probably prefer Immortality's story, what of the the three games uh, like there are, uh, her story is probably the one I would like to see more done with. Make it a proper detective game out of it. Um, like yeah. you know, get more of these unknown actors. I mean, again, the performance in her story I thought was out of this world. Um, yeah, it was. But get get more actors in to do more crime stories, so to speak. Maybe that you need to decipher using that technology and build on it. Whereas Immortality, I love the story, but I'm done. I don't mind if we never see the mechanic again. Maybe right. build on that mechanic, the restoration side of it. I really, really, you know, it's a great idea, but I don't think I need more of a visual mechanic to it um, that her story and um, telling lies gives. But in terms of actual storytelling, then immortality blows the other two completely out of the water. But I tell you what, for people who like FMV games, who like mystery, in terms of a trilogy, are oh, they brilliant? Yeah, it's definitely the best of, of those kinds of games I've ever played. Yeah. Um, although, still, one more shout for a Steam Deck Verified game as well, considering it's so old and there's never going to be the sequel that it needs. Contradiction, Spot the Liar. Um, I maintain everyone should go and pick up that game and play it, because it's the best hammy acting you will ever, ever see in a game that just works. I've never even heard of it. I'll, yeah, that sounds intriguing. Um, I will... I will I, 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 might even have an old code for it. If I have, I'm going to send it to you because oh, it's it's one of my favourite FMV games of all time. It it's definitely got that old traditional FMV side of stuff with like video like stuff thrown in, but it's it's worth it. It, it it's just so so worth it. It's nice. brilliant, excellent. Uh, but moving on from liars and and movie stars and so on and so so speak so speak so so uh, words. <laughs> stuff so stuff speak words. words 
Yeah, so speak words. Me, me speak words, good. Um, I've been playing a card-based, it's not roguelike, and it's not even a deck builder, a narrative-based card game adventure. Okay. Called Four Tales. Okay. Um, now, Four Tales is really, really interesting. So it is slight deck building elements in terms of you play cards um, to battle foes and stuff like that, but also to do other things within the game. So essentially, I don't want to ruin the story. It's got a really interesting story that changes based on what cards you play. Um, it's just, it's really cool mechanics. So basically, you get laid down some cards from the narrator, so to speak, um, that will be location cards, people cards, etc. And then you've got a deck of cards for your characters. Um, and they have different stats on them. Attack stats, defense stats, um, other types of like bonuses and stuff. And basically, you, you have to play your card on one of the cards that the narrator's dealt. So they might go, your story might be, oh, you've got to go and recover this item from this building. Uh, but in the deck... Of those cards, you might have to go to a marketplace or they go through a maze or try to speak to someone who can guide you and stuff like that. Uh, but you have to play cards to, to do it. So you, you build up as you as you win battles, you earn money, reputation, food, life, etc. So to give an example, something very basic, very early in the game. You've got like six cards laid down. No, three cards laid down to tell the story. Uh, this is what it does to guide you. And it goes, oh, you've got to get through to this card but to get open this card this person here needs food uh, before they speak to you you know they're, they're a peasant they need food uh, but you haven't got any food so you go to the marketplace you can buy you've got enough gold to buy one food but they need five but because you've been to the marketplace that card now gets discarded and another one goes down um, and that might be a battle and you fight that battle and you get money um, and you've then got, obviously, great, you've got a bit of money, so if there's a marketplace, come back up, you go buy more food, or you get another card that might allow you to go do something and use another stats card you might have to lay it down and go, look, if we don't fight, look, well, I'll let you go and you give me the food. You build up enough, you get the food to give this person, and they give you the information you need to close out that bit of the story and move on to the next. Honestly, it makes sense as you're playing it, me trying to describe it, it doesn't. Gotcha. Um, but it's just a really, really cool narrative game based around cards. It's very, I suppose the only thing I could say it's like, is like a bit Dungeons and Dragons um, in yeah. terms of uh, the story structure and what you do means something. Um, but it gives you like this quite fairly long tutorial and then opens up to what, decisions you make to what story part you do next has a, an effect so your partner gets kind of captured and then they're in a prison and you've got two moves and the move is an entire story to do something to potentially save them or do you go and do something else and let them die and it's all reactive to what you do um, again i'm a few hours into it and i feel like i've barely scratched the surface it feels like you know dungeons and dragons bald gamey type thing um but the narration of it works really well. There's tons of character to it. The voiceovers are done really well. It's like the art on the cards is beautiful. Um, it feels unique in so many ways. Um, and the turn-based combat is intelligent enough, but simple enough that it doesn't get away in the story, but doesn't feel like it's there just for the sake of it. 
you feel you have got to think and make the right decisions. Uh, but, you know, you're not going to be stuck there for ages going, oh, I've got to beat this character, I've got to beat this character, because it reacts. If you lose, it just reacts, and you go on, and you might find something else down the line to help you another way through. And it's just, yeah, it's just built up really, really well, and it's such a clever game. Really, really enjoying it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. So it's a simple, not a simple twist, but yeah, a little more of an intelligent twist on stuff, by the sounds of it. Make it oh, a bit yeah, more story-wise. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, again, anyone who's into sort of, like, RPGs, uh, like traditional RPGs, not video gamey RPGs, card games, deck building, anything like that, you know, it's just over 15 quid, but you are going to get that value from it if this is the sort of thing, you know, any of those sort of genres sort of thing you're into, I think you're going to get something from this. Um, and, yeah, I just, I'm just really enjoying the hell out of it. Cool. Oh, good stuff. Uh, but that's it for games for me, really, at the moment. Um, oh, yeah. I've been playing a little bit of Snooker 19 and other pool games. I might talk about that next week because I've just kind of gone through one of those. Oh, I've got to play every single pool game that I own. Yeah, well, why not, eh? That's, <laughs> I like them. I, I really enjoyed, um, what was it on the Amiga, uh, the pool game? Arcade Pool. I enjoyed Arcade Pool way back in the day, even though that was... Oh. Uh, my first ones were Jimmy Whiteswell win snooker. Yeah. On the spectrum. So I'm not even the good version. <laughs> um, How did you know what colour the balls were? I, I still don't know. So, you know, it's, <laughs> however I did it, it stood me good test for today. Good. Um, and then on the Mega Drive, probably Super Side Pockets. Oh, yeah. I never played that. I heard of it. I played um, a PC Engine one. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, I'll look it up in a minute, but... Um, yeah, no, I never played. I never played the Mega Drive one. Was it good? Yeah, I loved it. It's the one that really got me into uh, like uh, uh, the, I want to say virtual pool, but virtual pool's actually a game. <laughs> yeah, um, that's what I'm it. But yeah, yeah, but video game pool is what really got me into it. It got me to understand that there's more than just the one you play down the pub with like a missing yellow ball, a battered cue, a ripped up table, and you know, you you know, red and yellow, and that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah, I realised that that wasn't it. Uh, nine ball. I became obsessed with nine ball pool. Um, absolutely love that stuff. But we'll talk more next week. Talk more next week. Otherwise, it's going to be a hell of a diversion. Indeed. So that's it for games of the video variety. I had a what should we say a game of life to see a game of football at the weekend just gone that um, affected my mental health it was a mental health roller coaster uh but let's go little bit of context you know a little bit of this don't you Stu? because obviously uh we was meant to be meeting up yeah that weekend but certain events mean that we couldn't um yeah and but anyway friday Sorry, as people know, at the weekend, well, I was meant to be going up to watch the Women's Merseyside Derby with my family for my daughter. We was going to meet up with Stu, um, his, his wife, um, stuff like that. And we was going to make a full weekend of it. It was going to be brilliant. Um, we took the kids out of school on the Friday because they was ill, um, so to speak. They wasn't feeling very well. Um, and so we got on the road uh, about 11-ish, half 10, 11 o'clock in the morning so we could spend summer Friday with friends and, and stuff like that. So we're coming up from Essex 
we get onto the M1 just after getting off the M25, couple of junctions, and the car starts to judder. Um, so we had to pull over, call the AA, who told us to Toddington Services. I never want to spend another minute at Toddington Services. Um, yeah, told us to Toddington Services, um, where we waited a couple of hours, and the AA proper, like the man with the van, came out and had a look at it and just went, oh, essentially, just essentially went, you're not going any further. Okay, cool. Right, what are our options? Um, like, we can't tow you. We can only tow you to a local garage. It's like, great, we're in Luton pretty much. We need to get back to Essex or to Liverpool. Um, how much is it to... Can we upgrade our membership um, and get a tow home? Um, yeah, 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 that's not a problem. You could do that. Excellent. It's like, so... Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll like to do that. And then it's £213 for the actual tow. So all in all, it's just it's like it's about three hundred. I think it worked out about I don't know the exact price, but it worked out about three hundred and twenty-five quid um, to, for the AA to tow us home. It was like, oh well, no, that what we can't afford that because um, we've also got to try and get the car fixed. We don't know. Um, turns out that it's like the fuel intake and then the turbo possibly gone, and it's going to cost a lot of money to get fixed. About a thousand pounds. Support us on Patreon. <laughs> or, or coffee. <laughs> it's right. Yeah, it's going to cost about a grand to get fixed. Like, oh, no. Right, okay. So we go sit in the services and we're like, what are we going to do? Because like by this time, like the kids still think we might get to Liverpool. Because we say, we'll try our best to get you up there still, you know, even if we have to sort of like do it on the very, very cheap, you know, just have a chippy tea or something like that or just buy a microwave meal and hope the hotel will cook it. We, we will do it. Um, then the cost of it, we start running around other tow companies. It's getting more and more expensive. Then we realise to get a higher car. Um, the higher car price is okay, £179 for a week, but they need a £100 deposit on top of that. And we just looked at, there's no way we could do this. There's no way we could get home and get back up to Liverpool. We can't afford to be towed to Liverpool and then get home. Um, so me and Lorraine, we just went, it's over weekends over as you know i, I messaged juice to say it's done completely done really sorry not yeah. gonna make it up it's yeah. done we was like as soon as edith realized lucas was really disappointed but he kind of kept it all in a bit edith burst into tears she was screaming at us um, so i get it she's five all she wanted to do was go and see her heroes play football bear in mind we'd also done probably like 30 to nearly 50 quid already in the services for the kids to have lunch dinner <laughs> but it's like we spent seven eight hours in the services yeah yeah i luckily i had taken some medication the night before so it didn't completely send me over the edge um but lorraine puts a tweet up uh, to try and keep pdf happy she went, oh should we put like well, we'll take a photo we'll send it to our friend who lives in liverpool to go our oh, sad we can't go and she goes, should we put a tweet up? Wish Missy Bo and Liverpool good luck for the game. I said, yeah, do it. Put the photo up. Anyway, tow truck comes along at about, I think about, say, eight o'clock, something like that in the end. Um, puts the car on and we start going home. My eyes are completely going by this point as well. But I hear my phone just go, boop, 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 boop. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's a few messages. Um, it's a message from the supporters club, Liverpool Women's Supporters Club. And it says, oh, really sorry I missed your, your tweet. Otherwise, uh, I would have come down and picked you up. I was like, oh, that's really nice. But we are literally 15 minutes from home now. 
Uh, back on the A12, you know, a couple of junctures away from ours. Don't worry about it. I really appreciate it. Uh, and she went, apparently, um, like, Missy Bokerns, like, Liverpool players tried to get in touch. And I was like, oh, I've not had anything. So I said to her, I said, hello, can you check your Twitter? And she's got, um, like, a direct reply to her thing um, from Missy Bokerns going, can you check your DMs? And then she's got a DM from the club itself going, uh, uh, can you try and get in touch? Missy Bo wants to do something for you. Now, we honestly thought that it was going to be, maybe she'll send a side picture or even, you know, a side shirt or something like that for Edith. Um, so like, oh, I'm sorry, you can't come. Uh, but I know how much you, you know, she knows who Edith is. Like, she's met her at games. She has a photo taken with her every game we've been to. So she knows us. We thought, oh, you know, side, side shirt, side picture, something or, or whatever. It's going to be really nice and that'll be really cool. So we, we started to pull up to home and all I hear is, oh, what? No, my God. And I'm like, what? She went, just let's get the car off the, the thing. Just bear with me. Um, she comes up to me, I don't want to say, she, Low comes up to me, she goes, I don't want to say anything too loud in case I've misread this and I don't want to get Edith's hopes up. She went, but Missy Bo Kearns has DM'd me. She's going to pay for a driver to come down and take us to Liverpool, watch the game and then bring us back. And I went, what? That, what? That can't be right. Um, so she looks at it, she gets in touch. She went, honestly, I can't have Edith miss this, like her first Merseyside derby and her first trip to Anfield um, or anything like that. She goes, oh, so I want, I'm going to send an executive car down for you to pick you up on the day of the game, drive you to the game in luxury um, and stay for you and they'll take you home after the game. I was like, she was like, just can't believe this. What? That can't be right. Um, and it's just like, well, thank you, thank you, thank you. But yeah, we go, right, Edith, do you still want to go to the game? She's like, yeah, I do. And we said to her, said, right, Missy Bo has been in charge, has been in charge, has been in contact. She went, what? Has she? It's like, yeah. And she's paying for you to get driven to the game. She let out this almighty scream to the point I thought something was wrong, but just pure excitement and everything. And um, it was like, yeah, like tears again, literally tears of just absolute joy. It's like, this is not, wow, just amazing. Um, like for anyone who doesn't understand women's football, but might understand men's football, um, it would be the equivalent of your son's or daughter's favourite male player from your team um, calling you up, sending you a message to drive your kid to the other end of the country to watch that game as their guest in a way. Yeah. Um, out of their own pocket. Um, so she just goes, um, give us your address. Um, I'll get in contact with, it's like a company called, I'm going to I'm gonna do a sponsor shout out in a way. They're called Silk Executive Travel, um, who, who, who Missy Bo used. Um, and they were amazing. They were absolutely amazing. But yeah. Um, so I'm still expecting to wake up. Honestly, I really, really was. Um, but we get to Sunday morning, get up and like the pinch is like, oh yeah, I've definitely still got those messages. Um, it's definitely happening. Um, car turns up and like the kids just lose their shit. It's like a brand new-ish like Mercedes custom built car. 
It's Netflix, YouTube, you know, just sit back, relax, and, and get there. It's like absolutely brilliant. Like wireless charging devices in the arm of the seats. Um, the seats are massage chairs in there. So I then get a, a message from Missy Bo, um, like on, on, on Twitter again, going, uh, make sure you send me all the pictures and everything or tag me in any. Um, here's like, can you send them on WhatsApp? Here's my number. Like, what the fuck? This is what? I've just got a, like, a professional footballer and my daughter's hero's number. Like, okay, I had her to WhatsApp and I send her a couple of pictures he's already taken. Um, and then next thing, my phone goes. And it's like on the phone. I was like, Jesus Christ, it's Missy Bo Kearns. This is surreal. <laughs> this just, this is not right whatsoever. So I answer it on these. She's like, hey, Diff, hello, how are you? You know, are um, you looking forward to it? And it's like, yeah, like, you, like, please make sure you're having whatever the car's got. You're watching films. Yeah, 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 we are. Can't wait. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. To a point where I think she's going, just stop with the thank yous, please. I get it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we get up there. Go and watch the game. Absolutely brilliant. Unfortunately, lose 3 0. Uh, but for Edith, that doesn't matter. It's, you know, that, that really didn't matter. What was a shame, there was a few pitch invaders uh, throughout the game. Now, I don't know what was possibly planned because Missy Bower turned around to, like Missy Bower said, make sure Edith gets to the front at the at the end of the game. Um, but she don't, like the players will always go around and sort of like sign a couple of things for the fans that remain. Um, and she saw Edith, she still got a hug with Edith, but she felt, you could see there was a pain in her eyes. On the photo we've got, there was a disappointment and a pain in the eyes. I think, because obviously they've lost the biggest game of her life to that point. I'd imagine she's a 21-year-old kid still essentially yeah um and she no doubt she had this all marked out in her head what was going to happen at that game you know whether she had scored a screamer in the cop end or something like that i don't know um she didn't get to shoot towards the cop end so whatever her dream was didn't happen in terms of what the game was but she still was amazing done her, the stuff that for me, she didn't have to do. It's not her duty, but she still saw the face. She still got a cuddle with Edith, got her lovely, you know, lovely photo with Edith at the end. Um, had a chat with her. She drew on. She signed Edith's scarf, um, and she drew on Lorraine's top. But yeah, we like then made our way home. Got home about one o'clock, and just like, like about two o'clock. Sorry, just crashed on the sofa. PlayStation Five. Uh, oh yeah, and there was a PlayStation Five on the way back as well in the car. Oh. Good point. <laughs> Blind. Um, now, the problem was we could have done with it the other way around. So the first car was luxury in terms of relaxing. Like the, the, the seats, everything was done via buttons. Um, honestly, it was brilliant. The car on the way back had the, the, the re, uh, relax, relaxation seats, it, but you kind of like, you had to like levers and stuff like that. Um, you know, right. slamming it on the way back. <laughs> um, but it had a you, should have put, the, you should have complained. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. What's this? Levers? Levers. I don't do manual work. Um <laughs> But yeah, it had the PlayStation 5 in it. The kids got a quick game of FIFA in, but everyone was so tired. Everyone just wanted to sleep. Uh, but it was absolutely amazing. Um, uh, you know, I, I've, I've put on Twitter, you know, people, if they want to see, can see what I've put on Twitter and what I've said to Missy Bo. Like, the disappointment of losing the game matters not. I said, because this stuff doesn't happen to us. The first part of the weekend happens to us all the time. <laughs> yeah. we, you know, we are generally, you know, I, I'm unlucky elf. Essentially, you know, from the fast show, yeah. Um, and but the, the second part doesn't happen to us, uh, regardless of the result, regardless of performances, regardless of pitch invaders or, or 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 anything. For one day, 
we were made to feel special. Um, and I will never forget that day as long as I live. Not for me, but someone made something happen for Edith. Made a dream. Her, her dream wasn't to be chauffeured to a game, but... You know, she does have it beyond her dream. She was dreaming of going to Liverpool. She couldn't wait to go and watch, you know, a game at Anfield. And Missy Bokern made that happen for no other reason than she's a good person. Yeah. She didn't have to do that. She did not have to do that. And she did. And she made it extra, extra special for us and for Edith. And the effect it had on Edith was the very next day, the very next day, she's talking to us and she said, when I play for Liverpool, not if, but when I play for Liverpool, at the end of the game, I think I'm, I, I should give my shirt to a little kid. And it was just like, yeah, that's, she knows what she's going to do. That, that, that alone, you know, she's always saying, I'm going to play for Liverpool. But there was, there's a determination about her that she's going to play for Liverpool. You hear a lot of negatives about young people. You hear a lot of negatives about people in sport. And celebrities, and she is a celebrity, um, you know, because of her talent, because of her football, you know, you know, in her circle, she's extremely well known, you know, and, you know, hopefully one day she'll go on and play properly for England, she'll captain Liverpool, she'll win trophies with Liverpool, and a lot. It's just the fact that she did that while she was planning and concentrating for the biggest game of her life just speaks volumes. And you hear so much bad stuff about people in like kids, celebrities, the lot. And it's just, yeah, amazing. And like, I went from feeling like absolute crap um, to just, wow. Just, you know, believe it or not, loss for words, which is, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's just so amazing and so pleased for you because it's just, it's one of those days that, no one will ever forget but it'll be a formative day you know for the kids it'll yeah. be one that actually shapes their character because that kind of gesture is so big it's so important and it, it'll never be forgotten it'll just be there Edith will have it in her, in her mind for the rest of her life and yeah you can't even Lucas yeah I mean, just to add the one little thing to it that Lucas got mostly from it he enjoyed the day and everything and what I will say and this is again what I love to see of all of us, when we was in the worst possible way on the Saturday, he held it together the most. Um, yeah. He kept Edith entertained. He bought her dinner um, and everything. Like we, we ended up giving the money back. But you know, I said to him, he gained out of it because I said, "Look, I'll tell you what, um, I don't know what money we'll have, uh, but I will guarantee you, I will buy you FIFA for release day because you've earned it." Um, yeah. you've absolutely earned it for what you did so he got out of it but he you know he showed something that showed me whatever he does he will make it he will be okay he because he can when he needs to show maturity beyond his age despite not being a horrible dickhead of a teenager most of the time <laughs> he showed maturity beyond his age when he needed when we needed him the most and it's just you know absolutely beautiful and even though we can't afford it we rewarded him 70 quid for a game show it's oh, ridiculous hell, that's crazy and he got a pair of old man slippers from from morrison's nice did he want them yeah apparently so they was reduced to 450 so yeah he wanted them nice. he, 
so fair enough whatever yeah. <laughs> but but yeah that was our weekend I just can't it's just a well withered every now and again I still check back on my messages and stuff to make sure it actually happened because <laughs> it still doesn't feel real yeah, I can't I can't praise Missy Bogans enough that's just a wonderful thing to do especially as you know she's not got the the same reach and power that the the male footballers have this is something that to her would be a, a, a much bigger deal you know and yeah I, I don't I don't see this is fit I don't want to go like bring money into it obviously that's going to be a significant amount of money regardless yeah and the fact that they've done it on my daughter is just amazing but it, what it also shows and it's a lesson I want like I was always taught is in terms and I think I said this more that in terms of level of respect you show people strangers get the most respect always show a stranger the most respect then yeah. you go down to your family, your elders and your family get most respect. And, you know, you gradually go down from that. And I've always lived by that. You know, you, you, your pleases and your thank yous and your pleasantry to, to people you don't know. Now, again, we've watched Missy Bow, we've watched Liverpool. You know, the players are aware to a degree of who Edith is. But I wouldn't say, oh, I know them. They're not my friends. I'm not, you know, I'm not... Um, I'm not naive. I'm not, you know, one of those who's going to start stalking the players or, or or anything like that because, you know, I know they're not my friends. So, again, you tr- I treat them as strangers, how I would like, react to like someone in a shop. Uh, but So, always that pleasantry, you know, I'm not saying be pleasant to people because you'll get something from it. But be pleasant to people because people are inherently good. Yeah. Um, and yeah. with this, I will pay it forward. I don't know how I can pay it forward. You know, like obviously I can't match that, but I will pay it forward down the line. Not because it makes us feel good, because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, obviously the right thing to do would be to give them somewhere to live. We don't have that kind of clout on money. That's that's on the government, but uh, we won't go down that road. But the, what I could do within my means is a hot sausage roll, a bag of crisps, a, a meal deal, whatever. You know, we could do that. Not for every single homeless person, because there are lots and it's growing. But when we are in a position where, oh, we're just about to go into Mackey's or we're just about to go into the supermarket, there is a homeless person there. We'll go, right, let's get them something. Uh, because these are human beings. You know, that, that's maybe how we pay it forward. And maybe this is our reward for doing that kind of stuff. I'm going to be writing a full article about sort of like getting to this point in life. But for someone who we, we're still squashed in a two-bedroom flat, Edith shares a bedroom with us. You know, at the moment, I sleep on the sofa just to make more room so my daughter can still have room on a bed and stuff like that. So we, we've always been used to the bad luck. You know, we got into this position because when Lo was having massive kidney problems, she got disability or well, whatever the equivalent was when we was there, which gave us help with our rent. Then they decided because she went to the interview to have a checkup, that was good enough for them to stop it and say, well, you did never needed it and we'll take back all our money which led us to get into debt we couldn't afford our council tax we could barely afford our rent we ended up moving having to move etc etc and it all built up it all built up and it all just gets worse and you know you just go nothing ever good's gonna happen to me and then this happens and it's one day out of however many thousand shit days we've had it's one day but it's it gives me hope I know it's a material thing that we've done, but it gives me hope, and it's just brilliant. Well, well, yeah, but the the takeaway from it isn't even the material thing, is it? It's it's how somebody thought about you, and they 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 thought about how you would feel and about how your child would feel, and they made sure that they could fix that. And that's just that's beyond price. It's just wonderful. 
Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. I, I don't know, you know, I, you know. Hopefully, this gets listened to by people who know them or, or anything like that. Um, hopefully, Missy Bo does have a listen. I do apologise for keep saying Missy Bo because I know everyone calls her Bo, but it's just one of those things I've got in my head that I first refer to as Missy Bo, so that's how it's in my head. <laughs> yeah. um, ADHD. ADHD. She'll understand me. I get it. <laughs> right. But it's um, for Missy Bo's parents, if there's any chance you listen to this or anyone can send you a clip of this or whatever, your daughter is amazing. You've brought her up to be an amazing human being. Your parenting, what the way you brought up Missy Bo is amazing. I knew Scousers were good people. I've lived in Liverpool, Roby, Nosley. Technically, I never had a purple bin. Uh, but we've lived there. And we still say one of our biggest regrets is moving away. And it's the people in Liverpool are a different breed. Uh, but even within that different breed, you as parents, Missy Bo, are just a different breed again. You are wonderful, wonderful people. And thank you for this from the bottom of my heart. Excellent. No, it's it's good to hear such a such a nice thing in the midst of so many things going wrong. And it, I think everybody will appreciate that story and, and yeah, just be applauding you for, for having gone. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I, yeah, I still, you could tell, you know, when I spit, I just can't, find the words it's just like that, that, that just still just yeah can't believe it um and yeah. i'm gonna um it's about time also like i know you're not well this was meant to be a short one Stuart, and i'm really really sorry <laughs> right. um this was meant to be a short one but luckily i've done most of the talking <laughs> so, there is that <laughs> okay so i think it's about time i'll shut up now so as usual follow us on all the socials Join our Discord if you feel like chatting with other people of a like mind. And in the meantime, until next week, stay safe and stay sane.